0: Good evening, everybody. Thanks for making it back on a really cold and kind of rainy, nasty April day. But if you were out and found morel mushrooms in this weather, it's a win, right? I found one. Did you find one? Yeah. I'm gonna save John's story because it's his story. I thought,
1: it I thought it was huge until I realized it was in Thomas's hand.
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> I showed him a picture. He's like, "That's, that's big." It's like, massive. Yeah, little hands do you <laughs>
1: that's, oh, that's probably to big. <laughs>
0: oh so we're going to continue on for our first segment tonight um we're in we've been following the life of jesus as you know um and we're taking it intentionally at a slow pace Um, but tonight i will be reading out of matthew chapter four um the biggest piece of this is um, when jesus calls peter andrew james and john uh, to be fishers of men but i want to set the scene just a little bit uh, where we're at right now is Jesus is starting his ministry in um, Capernaum, if you will, and that kind of becomes his preaching headquarters. Um, he begins at this time to emphasize the kingdom of heaven and the doctrine of repentance. So this is his ministry of, um, of repent. Like he's, he's teaching, uh, this fulfills a prophecy from Isaiah 9 where it says he will be a light to the Gentiles. So um, something we've tried to focus on is how much of the Old Testament is being fulfilled in Jesus's ministry in the New Testament. Um, But if you want to turn with me, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 through 22, and I'll get there as well.
2: And one thing uh, you were just saying, it's the introduction to this about spreading the gospel and repentance that is the recipe for revival. So in essence, you know, that's. It was going to be the first revival.
1: Amen. Right. First New Testament revival.
2: Right.
0: So um, this is Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. And as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting their a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, or I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. So just pause there for a moment. When did they leave their nets? Was it they thought about it for a while? They talked to, to some of their... We need to have their, a committee meeting. Yeah, maybe, I don't Talk know. Talk to let me, stockholders. let me see financially if this is a good idea. Um, let me cash out all these fish I just caught. When did they leave?
1: Drop their nets. At
0: once. At once they left and followed him. Uh, and then chapter 4, verse 21. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So, again, when did they leave their boat and their father? Did they consult? Dad, do you think this is a good idea? Um, I don't know. Let me check with my wife. Uh, they followed Got to make a flow chart. Yeah.
2: Well, and it just leads, we've, we've been talking about this leading up to this point already that Jesus had to have been known. You know, so and I, I don't believe that he was just a stranger to them. I think they knew he was in the area, and it's probably like, you know, when you're wanting to get picked for the kickball team or Red Rover, you know, <laughs> it's like, hey, here he comes. And here comes the captain. Yeah, there's, there's part of me that feels that when he walked up, they had an idea who he was and when he chose them.
0: So that was actually one of my questions for Ben tonight, and he is not with us, but uh, very specifically I asked, so a few weeks back, we are in John Chapter 1, and Jesus called his first disciples, um, Nathaniel, Peter, um, help me out. was the f- four, Andrew. And he called, so he called disciples already. And now, so that had already happened. And so my question for him was, so he called these same disciples, most of them the same people, in John chapter 1. And, and now Luke they've gone five. back to fishing. And now we're on to Matthew chapter five. So we are down the road and not just like in scripture, but in physical time uh, has passed. And now he's calling them again.
1: Um, So do you think that's the case?
0: I do. And I, I I do. And I talked to Ben about this and then uh, I went to his go to John MacArthur. And what he said is this is a first, the first calling of the disciples in John chapter one was a call to salvation so they believed he they he called them, they, they believed it was a call, they call it the call of salvation. And this was like phase two, if you will. Now he's calling them to a deeper, um, like a ministry calling. And you could parallel that with a lot of us as Christians. We were saved immediately. Did we become soul winning, um, abandon our nets Christians? No, we were saved first. Right. And then... Uh, there's another phase to our calling. Now we're called to be maybe more committed to reading the Bible, attending a small group. Um, and then there might be even a third call, a phase of that, a, a calling to serve at a deeper level, to start a ministry, to, uh, do you see what I'm saying? And this is kind of what is reflected with the disciples here.
2: Did it give any idea of a timeline though? Like, was it weeks, months?
0: This much I do know is that we're about to enter just, um, I I have a, a cheat theology book that I've been uh, borrowing from my dad for a while here, no and chance. we're about to enter, he's about to, we're getting to the Sermon on the Mound, we're getting dangerously close to Jesus starting his second year of ministry. So when he called the disciples the first time, that was right before he performed his miracle to change water into wine. So that would have been near the beginning of his first year or towards the end of his first year beginning the second year. So if do fa- I have a direct amount of months? No, no but I know some time has passed.
1: It, and if you read the first few chapters of each gospel, you get more information about it. But putting that on a timeline, I've never been able to put that on a timeline. Yeah. And sometimes I felt like I was being redundant, like John, uh, talking about John chapter 1, and then Luke chapter 5, Luke uh, 5 talks also about how Jesus healed Simon's uh, mother-in-law. And this happened before he actually called Simon as a disciple, and they left, left their boats. So that leaving the boats to me seems like a synchronizing time in the, leaving the boats and nets that kind of synchronizes the Gospels for um, a point in time and then everything else happens if you want to use that as a as a reference well and,
2: and that's and that, that was the first i had heard of that that is curious so i thought also because a lot of, there's a lot of parallels in each one of the books and i thought it was Absolutely. it was just they they complement each other mm-hmm. and that's what i thought mm-hmm. we were dealing with too but it, it does make some sense so
0: um, I'll bring out another reference here. This is a commentary, again, I'm stealing everything from my dad's library. I have not you a go, personal girl. library of my own. but I uh, encourage book reading. Uh, and this is a commentary by Warren Wiersbe exactly addressing this because I was getting confused like how many times did he call these (laughs) disciples I mean or is this the same account it's just written at a few different times um and what he says that in Matthew 4 17 through 22 we read of the call of Peter Andrew James and John men who had already met Jesus and trusted in him referencing John chapter 1 29 through 42 they had gone back to their fishing business but he came and called them to give up their business and follow him. So,
3: and,
1: and there's some added interaction with Jesus in there. One of them being uh, Peter, Peter's mother-in-law being healed, um, and other miracles that they saw him do, the casting out of the demon in the synagogue, which is part of the same passage of scripture that we're we're gonna cover tonight. We hopefully so some can cover some. We'll of that. do our best. <laughs> so there's a lot of more going on around this time that convinces these guys that this is the guy to follow. This is the this is the mm-hmm. Messiah. At least they're getting the, it's starting to dawn on them that this may be this Messiah. Maybe it, maybe it hasn't dawned on them completely that Jesus is the Messiah, but certainly enough to go on to convince them. I was
0: about to say, they believed enough that they left their, their business and moved forward. Uh, Sunday at church, if I'm becoming uh, like the quote of the week, we had the quote of the week during the Easter walk, so on Easter Sunday Ben <laughs> said, you know, here Jesus is raised from the dead, uh, and then he goes to find them, and he goes, and you're fishing again? Come on, man. <laughs> and I was like, don't you know that is probably what Jesus wanted to say?
1: Well, see, you know, it's an interesting uh, po- point that you brought up. I, I just went to the – I read the section on them being out to, to fish all night long, and Jesus comes up and says, why don't you try dropping the net down over here? And, and you know, it's not like you have to guess what Peter's thinking at any point in the, in Scripture. He says, what, oh, Lord, we've been twilling all night. Really? Should we really do this? And he says, oh, all right, nonetheless, because you say so, we will. And remember, Peter's had some interaction with Jesus, knowing that he is a, a man of God. Drops the net, and he starts pulling up the fish, and the, the nets are starting to tear because there are so many fish in the net. And they had to get the other boat out to help him get him in. Kind of also as a marker at the start, but then after the resurrection, Jesus the the same thing. And if you can picture yourself, Peter says, I don't know what else to do. Let's go fishing. He's like, Jesus is gone. I can see a guy thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing else to do. I can't think of a single thing else to do but fish. And the other guys follow him. You can tell he's the leader of the group. He's Mm -hmm. the leader of the disciples. So they follow him out to fish. And then they see someone on shore. And he says, put your net out the other side of the boat. Doesn't that seem like a silly thing to say to fishermen? and peter could have gone through his hey we're we've got a panel of experts here that have been working all day thanks very much and but john says hey that's the lord and peter's like what and sure enough the, the nets are full again and they, peter does a force gump off the boat when he like force gump sees lieutenant dan yeah. just jumps off the boat lieutenant and, dan. and he goes to to meet the lord so at the beginning of G, P, uh, peter's calling and at Jesus' final touch on his ministry, the same thing is happening here. Um, so almost the thing, same thing that Peter realizes that Jesus is sending me off to be a fisher of men, and he's put his stamp or hand, uh, his affirmation, his word of affirmation, his hands of affirmation on my life. I'm done with the, with the cheap stuff. I'm going to embrace what he's got. And it for
0: took me. him that long to get to that point. So he'd been following Jesus in his ministry for three years And again, and we mentioned this yesterday with the disciples, they didn't always, they didn't always get it right. They didn't always do it right. They didn't always understand. They really, they really went through a lot of different phases. They weren't always sympathetic. They probably weren't always these soul winning. I've got such a heart for the lost kind of guys. Like they had to get there just like we're on a journey to get there.
2: And and could that be though, the least any man should boast you know that that Jesus would pick them because if he just had a dream team of soul winners, they would look like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Right. He had a ragtag bunch of it, just fishermen, literally. At, yeah.
0: Like, why didn't he pick the priest? Like, why did he pick fishermen?
2: Well, and and that and that should encourage us as just normal people because every day we always feel like we're falling short, and we said that that's who Jesus goes after, and that's why he did it. You know, like even in. When Thomas was like, unless I place my finger in the nail wound or in his side, I will never believe. You know, that was up to the last days. And he still said he would never believe. You know, and that's, it's hard to imagine that.
0: And so I heard someone saying uh, this last week how sometimes we think, oh, if this famous person could just get saved, then think of how many people they could save because they're so famous (laughs) and they're so you know, in the media or this politician or if that person, but that's not who Jesus was rubbing elbows no. with even when he walked on the planet. It was always the common person. Yeah.
2: But with that platform, it's funny you said that, is I don't know if anybody had seen the news, the big Coachella, I guess that's the new... It's like the Woodstock for cool kids, I guess. Oh, I don't know. You I'm know, well,
0: it's where, where <laughs> the I can't believe I didn't know, Thomas. Oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm I just not saying
2: anything because I have no. But it's have, like we you know, been on the poster. I'm yeah, sure. the, the Kardashians <laughs> and stuff going kind of these things. Well, Kanye West was there, and he did a Sunday morning service. I don't know if you'd heard about this. I did hear about that. Yeah, and he preached. I don't know exactly what he preached. He sang his song "Jesus Walks," you know. But um, fifty thousand people attended. You know, and this is a big party. You know, and it's like so. It just makes. this Jesus
0: is pretty big if they if he can use Kanye West. <laughs> well,
2: that's Amen. that's <laughs> that's what I mean. It's just there's nothing impossible. You know, but yeah. using using oh, yeah. that platform. It's, but it's, these
1: guys turn the world on in right. these these twelve unknowns yeah. in uh, in Israel. Yeah, and the the fact that Peter and his panel of experts couldn't catch a fish all night, and Jesus could say, you know. Just, just drop the net out one more time. Unquestioned obedience is so much more fruitful than all of the teams of experts, all the latest technology, all the effort. Well, Ben effort says in the world. it
2: almost every Sunday. Initial promptings of the Holy Spirit—that is faith—and that's when they, the Holy Spirit's tapping you on your shoulder at the gas station. Go talk to that person. Hmm. We should do it. You know, these, this, Amen. these are some of the lessons these men taught. They just did it. And if, they, if, what if they would have hesitated? You know. What if, yeah. you know, Jesus just what keeps if their walking. their father yeah.
0: Zebedee was like, I don't think so, guys. we right. You know what, let's just stick to the family business. We've been catching fish for generations. That's who uh, we are. We're fish catchers. We don't go to church. We don't, you know, what if.
2: Well, and, and Jesus said it over and over again um, about, like, your immediate family was like, let the dead bury their dead. When the men said, well, we have to go bury our family, you know. And, and Jesus is like, no, you come with me. Let the others worry about themselves. Hmm.
0: All right, a few more points here before we move out of um, this segment. I just don't want to miss it, but um, going on in um, this part of Jesus's teaching, um, he's in a synagogue, and this is found in Luke chapter 4 and in Mark chapter 1, um, where this is the first time we see he cast a demon out of, uh, he's at synagogue. You never know who's going to show up at church, and a demon-possessed man is there, and he's He's um, afraid of Jesus, and he's saying, why are you messing with us, Jesus? And Jesus has all authority over and casts the demon out, Um, which is his third kind of miracle. So his first miracle, he turns water into wine, which shows his authority over creation. Then he healed the nobleman's son. We talked about that a while back, which shows his authority over disease. And then now he's showing his authority over Satan by beginning to cast demons out. So we heard Ben say on Sunday um, that he, he healed all kinds of things. He had power over every type of disease imaginable. He had power over death. He had power over demons. He had power over creation. So in this time, in this first year, in front of these disciples that he's called, he is showing his authority over everything.
2: Well, m- me and Gavin were speaking about this. One thing that stood out to me on when he went in the synagogue is the demon was already there. It was there before he got there, from what I read. And I'd heard a quote a while back, the most faithful person at church is Satan. And so <laughs> here at synagogue...
0: Or he's in the car on the way. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's it. Seen him. So so these people
2: are there <laughs> per, to worship and do their things, and there's at least one demon there. you know. And then that, that struck me as, and like in the demon said, why are you here? Why are you here? So they didn't really quite know yet, I would presume, but, um, but yeah, that, that just struck me, that there's a demon there at synagogue, just hanging out. They're just you know? getting a
1: flavor for Jesus' power right. and, and his presence, yeah, and th- this, he keeps telling them to be quiet. He keeps telling them to shut yeah, up. He doesn't let them talk. And multiple accounts of that, uh, hold, your, hold thy peace and come out of them. You can, I, I just picture a demon starting, who are you, son of God? You know, just yeah. suddenly they can't talk, and
0: and Jesus what I would like to see that because I don't know if there's times I don't know how people picture Jesus, and sometimes I, my my picture of him changes and but here he has so much like he shuts him up, be quiet, and he wasn't this kind, gentle, let the children come to me, Jesus at this time, he is shouting this demon down, um and I wonder too why he didn't let him talk like he the demon was saying oh you're you're the Son of God, or what do you and he didn't let him finish. I wonder why. Do you think
1: that, and I, you know, it just occurred to me that allowing them to identify him, would that give them credibility? You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't want them to have the credibility that that would give them. Because Uh, then
0: you'd have to believe the things that demons were saying. Demons were saying that
1: he really was a Christ. That's just a thought, and the fact that they could recognize him testifies to their fallen nature, that they at some point had seen him in his majesty and recognize that in his spirit on earth. Um, it, you know, they said they were astonished at his doctrine for his words were with power. They must have recognized that tone in his voice or that that uh, tenor of a, of his speaking with power and with authority. Maybe that's what caused them to recognize him or the fact that he was healing people. People were listening to him and his doctrines were astonishing. So, well, and, interesting.
2: And that's one thing I think we the church has suffered for over 50 years, why we've got to a point where we're at, is... You don't have to mistake kindness for weakness. And so often we're so timid to stand up for something we believe in because we don't want to look like a jerk or we don't want to offend somebody. Offend but those who know the right to do and do not do it for them it's a sin. You know, so Jesus right there at that point, he knew what to do and he shut up. You know, he just laid it down. And like you said, he wasn't the super nice Guy, he, he yeah. laid down the law,
0: and it says, um, he said, "Come out of him!" And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. <laughs> can you imagine the people with the hairs on the back <laughs> of their neck standing up, like did that, did that just happened?
2: When I read that, it reminded <laughs> me of like a Ghostbusters. You I know, just <laughs> you can almost me. hear
0: the shriek, yeah. kind of like a firework, one of those weird.
1: Yeah. It, you know, this reminded me of a teenager. I don't know why, because when you're telling it, you're busting a teenager and they're upset and you making them stop, and they take whatever's in their hands, and they throw it down, you know, and stomp out. So I'm going to do as much damage I can while I can, and that's it. So that attitude I recognize. And I have had that attitude too. too. I'm not saying teenagers are possessed. I'm just saying that's the kind of (laughs) attitude that I see there, is that I'm going to do what I can on my way out. Uh, The devil did that to him.
0: All right, so final point of this piece, and then we'll move on, but again, I didn't wanna miss this was, um, so Jesus is called Peter while they're in the area. They swing by Peter's mother-in-law's house to heal her. She has a high fever, they said. Um, Fever back then, I mean, good as death. I mean, honestly, they had no antibiotics. They didn't have many ways to, to cure anything. Um, So likely saved her life.
2: Yeah, an original translation is the fire. That's what they called fever. So, yeah, it was a big deal.
0: So um, he heals her, but I think the important piece is um, for people that call Peter the first pope uh, and that clergy shouldn't marry, if Peter had a mother-in-law, then Peter had a... Wife. Yeah. (laughs) So just saying. Just saying. They not want to miss that piece. Just throwing it out there. But... Um, to wrap this portion up of Jesus' ministry, and then next week we'll move on um, to other topics about this time in his ministry, again leading up to his Sermon on the Mount, with, which Ben made us memorize two years ago. Um, but he, he healed many people, he cast demons out of people, he did miraculous things all the time. People flocked to him. It was not, uh, he was, at this point in time, a very big deal very popular
1: and um, the personal touches that he had too like uh, with nathaniel when he said uh, builders here's a man in whom, whom is no guile," yes. and I, I saw you under the fig tree and he was just mortified about it. so the personal things that jesus said that revealed to that people personally that he knew them and he knew them intimately before he, even they knew him those are the things too that would convert people to right uh, personal so touches. that's
0: right nathaniel at first, you know, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then he <laughs> reveals a few things just in words to Nathaniel and then basically says to him, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet, bro. <laughs> I mean, just hang with me in yeah. this next year. I'm going to blow your mind.
1: Yeah, I can see your heart. I can see that you, you truly have no guile. You, mm-hmm. you, so you're an honest man.
0: All right. So we'll stop there and we'll do I'm Just Saying. Anyone?
1: I my I'm just saying was the dogwood trees today are incredible beautiful all at one time they're bloomed it's amazing like the
0: whitest white it's it's my favorite tree it is
1: amazing
0: well you haven't seen
1: them
2: I actually yeah they and last year they didn't even bloom at my house didn't seem like yeah no but uh, it was weird but no so I almost had two so I have said here in the radio program I've gone like. Three or four years without cussing. I praise the Lord. But the only time that I cuss is if I find a copperhead, you know, oh, like oh. I grab a board. So I was up I here. I to say, shoot. Yeah. So I was up here Saturday loading up firewood for Mr. Graves, and uh, he got all the rest of our firewood. And for anyone listening, Amen. he blessed us and told us we can keep everything we've built on his awesome. property. Awesome. So that's a blessing. Thank so you, Mr. Graves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm loading up this brand new firewood right by the upper room, and I pick up a boar and a big old copperhead shoots oh, out. Oh boy! And I didn't cuss. I was like, "Praise hey, the Lord." Amen. But I did tell him to go to hell when I cut his head off. So I, I, I told you <laughs> sent you sent him Does back where he belonged. Well, yeah, it's a copperhead. You know, I wouldn't do that to any other. But uh, yeah, so Pastor Ben got a kick out of that. But uh, so no, my other, I'm just saying, is I saw this today. Woman emerges from coma after nearly 30 years. Wow. And if you read, um, it's the, he did a great job putting the side-by-side. Side. Farther down in the article, it says, Soon she was calling the names of family members and reciting prayers. Um, so she was 27 years old, and her son remembers her. they were in a car and they got in an accident, and she shielded him right before they crashed. He was unhurt. 27 years old, she goes into a coma. So nearly 30 years later, she wakes up.
1: 57.
2: 57 years old, Her you know, almost, almost 60. And, and wow. it just blew my mind on so many levels. For one, they had to have the faith and hope. You know, can you imagine that? One day, she's a vegetable. Just one day, and they yeah. did this for 30 years. 30 years, years. Wow. And there's, you know, I'm going to try to keep track of this story because they said when she woke up, she was reciting people's names that she knew. But this is a 27-year-old woman now in an almost 60-year-old body. Wow. Her son is 27 years older. He Same was just age. a little guy. And, um, you know, it's absolutely a God thing. So yeah, that, that kind of blew my mind. And and I'm curious just to see, you know, what else has happened there. So, mm. but I'm just saying that's pretty amazing. That amazing. Amazing. Yep.
0: Mine's way weak compared to that. Thanks for bringing the <laughs> storm Let's uh, I'm just saying I've made it 38 plus, uh, almost 39 years now. I've never had poison ivy until now. And I don't go in the woods. I don't know if that surprises you. Uh, I don't I don't know how <laughs> to use weapons. Well explains zero it. Zero survival yeah. skills. <laughs> and I didn't go in the woods. I got it from John. Just I guess the oils you can spread it. I, and I even said in all my knowledge of poison ivy, which is none, I can't I've never had poison ivy. I don't actually think I can get it. And I'm a hundred percent sure I can't get it from touching your arm and, and you got it. Yeah. It's just like I've the fire. It
1: from dogs, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten it from dogs, from pets.
0: Well, I'm a believer. Yep. And yep. I'm not going in the woods yep. until there's a cold frost, like <laughs> freeze that over, I might emerge near a woodland.
1: I'm not line. even next sure next that year that the does it. Though. station yeah, clear <laughs> all the way around it. Yeah, I'm not even sure that does it though, cuz uh-huh. even in the wintertime, you can get it.
0: Oh boy. Well,
1: sorry. Something to look sorry, forward John. to. Yeah, something to
0: look forward to. All right. So, um, for our second topic, we're going to continue on in what it means to be a fisher of men. Um, Brad, are you able to... Do you need a minute? All right, cue it up. This is a a four-minute audio um, about a story that I couldn't tell. I couldn't give it justice, so I thought we'll just play the audio for us. And
3: And I thought it was a fitting way to introduce our thoughts from Matthew 4 tonight. This is what it said. On a dangerous seacoast where shipwrecks often occur, there was once a crude little life-saving station. The building was just a hut, and there was only one boat, but the few devoted members kept a constant watch over the sea and with no thought for themselves went out day and night tirelessly searching for the lost. Many lives were saved by this wonderful little life-saving station, so it became famous Some of those who were saved and various others in the surrounding area wanted to become associated with the station and give of their time and their money and their effort for the support of its work. New boats were bought, and new life-saving crews were trained, and the little life-saving station grew. Some of the members of the life-saving station were unhappy that the building was so crude and poorly equipped they felt a more comfortable place should be provided as the first refuge of those saved from the sea. So they replaced the emergency cots and beds and put better furniture in the enlarged building. Now the life-saving station became a popular gathering place for its members, and they decorated it beautifully and furnished it exquisitely because they used it as sort of a club. Fewer members were now interested in going to sea on life-saving missions, so they hired lifeboat crews to do this work. The life-saving motif still prevailed in the club's decorations, and there was a liturgical lifeboat in the room where the club held its initiations. About this time, a large ship was wrecked off the coast, and the hired crews brought in loads of cold, wet, half-drowned people. They were dirty and sick, and some of them had black skin and some had yellow skin. The beautiful new club was considerably messed up. So the property committee immediately had a shower house built outside the club where the victims of shipwrecks could be cleaned up before coming inside. At the next meeting, there was a split in the club membership. Most of the members wanted to stop the club's life-saving activities as being unpleasant and a hindrance to the normal social life of the club. Some members insisted upon life-saving as their primary purpose and pointed out they were still called a life-saving station But they were finally voted down and told if they wanted to save the lives of various kinds of people who were shipwrecked in those waters, they could begin their own life-saving station down the coast a little ways, which they did. As the years went by, the new station experienced the same changes that had occurred in the old one. It evolved into a club, and yet another life-saving station was founded. History continued to repeat itself, and if you visit that coast today, you will find a number of exclusive clubs along the shore. Shipwrecks are frequent in those waters, but most of the people drown.
0: Thanks, Brad. What a simple... So... Shocking. Yeah, right? Shocking. It's the sadly perfect analogy of what goes on in churches Across America, so we look like churches. We have crosses on the wall. Um, it looks like a, a life, a soul-winning station. And um, but are, are we going out? Soul-winning. Yeah. yeah. Are Amen. are we uh, are we in our really comfortable clubhouse? Are we all a part of the club? And we're not going out into the dangerous waters. That's our mission to save people so this is about evangelism become fishers of men is evangelism and um, are we doing what God has called us to do every single Christian uh, starting with the disciples he called them to be fishers of men he called them to uh, to win lost souls that is evangelism winning lost souls getting out the gospel Uh, how are we doing Um, it's a good self-evaluation
1: 20. Yeah, we we had a really amazing net draw two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, uh, and that's the biggest draw we've had at this church for a long time. Once a year, we have twenty or so pull. We our nets pull in twenty. The same net that Thomas has been taking the taking the oversight of, but that that's it as a church. That that's uh, what we've done and in, as individuals we've not right I'm personally I, i'm i'm convicted when i hear stories like this
0: and when it's like when you have one person if one of us reached one person a year even just oh, if yeah. each one of us that was a christian if we did it right one time a year how would this church be different how would our community be different how would families in this area be different if just each of us
2: well it. And that's it. That's again the initial promptings of the Holy Spirit. I think if we were able to give ourselves a grade on the surface, an A or B. If we really look deep, a D, maybe an F. Because you're right. You know, now you can't beat yourself up for not winning somebody to Christ. You know, we can plant seeds, but that shouldn't be a cop out. You know, you shouldn't just say, "Oh, I'm just planting the seeds. I don't, I don't harvest yeah. it." But, you know, Pastor Ben, he's tore up over the Easter Walk in one certain way. He said, we're not here to make professions of faith. We're here to grow disciples of Christ. And it was a failure on my part, a failure um, on just not thinking about it. But we had 51 hands raised and possibly more because they said it was dark. They said we couldn't couldn't count them all sometimes. But we don't have their names. We don't have their phone numbers. We don't have nothing. So, yeah, they, they got something from our walk, but they're just, they're out there. So now it's on Christ and praying for the people that are, they're influence. And them as well. And we're yeah. going to change that next year to uh, the best of our ability to try to just get those people's names and numbers, say, hey, how are you doing? Are you in a church? You know, and help, and help grow. Because just like, I'm sure we're going to about to go through a thousand analogies about fishing, but if you just catch a fish and throw it in the boat, it's going to rot. You got to do things with that fish to make it profitable for what you just did
1: amen yeah and the the uh i think the critical thing is that they've got to understand the gospel y- you can't convert them but they have to understand that there is a, a a messiah that he can forgive sins and there's eternal life that he offers they have to understand the process and then it, then it's up to the holy spirit to finish right. that that deal for us we, we have to remember that that we're, we have to be faithful to the gospel and then the Holy Spirit, like uh, Dale and and uh, Russ and Gary, were faithful to sharing the gospel, and God did the rest. Yeah, Fifty-one amen. people came to know the Lord,
2: and 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 that's follow up. Amen. And that's not a shameless plug. It, it, call it a shameless plug. I don't care for the Easter walk. That's that's what I I just pray that each person realizes because it is scary to walk up to that person at the gas station and all that. So this could be your part. This could be your one time. And yeah, praise the Lord. Fifty-one. And there was not an, an actor or a worker here at the church that I saw even give less than 110%. And I, I think we felt that energy this year. We felt Jesus walking through this walk. We really did. And each group had so many just new faces. But, yeah, this, this is our chance as a church. But like you said, we need to have the many Easter walks every day in right. our own Amen. lives. Amen.
0: Uh, someone texted in, some problems with the church is that... We come to church, um, and we leave our faith in the church, and it doesn't go out the door. That's Ma'am. the same as the analogy that the speaker gave at the beginning of this. Like, we have our, our beautiful buildings, but we're just keeping it here. We're not going out to sea. We're right. not going out to save the lost out of a drowning ocean. Uh, and the only difference between a church and just a, a nice social club Right. is evangelism. I mean otherwise yeah. you're you're
2: just something social. Well, and that was what the analogies of being fishing for fish and fishing for men is the same thing. One of the first things is you have to have the desire. You know, if he he can call you a fisher of men, but if you hate fishing, if you don't want to put in the time, if you don't want to put on the clothes and get in your right. truck and put the boat
0: So let me set this up. What Tom is getting at now is I'd asked us each to compare jesus said be fishers of men so take a comparison between a fisherman and and a soul winner how are they the same it's the perfect analogy and when jesus said to these fishermen i will make you fishers of men they got it they understood like oh i mean that that rang very clear to them Uh, and so what is the similarities to you between a fisherman and a soul winner i've got a list let's hear it. let's hear it probably going to stomp all over mine so you, might <laughs> so you got a
1: list go <laughs> you go I'll finish no, up or no, okay. bring it on. so if you are a fisherman you have to know something about fish you have to know where they live you have to know what they do uh, when they would be hungry what, what circumstance what they want to eat what they want to what they want to know what hopes they have and dreams they have what does a what hope and dream does a fish have? <laughs> a cricket without a hook in it, I guess, is a dream a fish has. <laughs> uh, but what what do they you know what are they aspiring for? Um, you have to have a fisherman who who's willing to be faithful. Um, and you can't just go fishing one time in a year and expect to be a, an expert fisherman. You have to fish every day. Yeah. You have to fish every day. I didn't
0: catch anything, but I'm going back out tomorrow. I
1: would venture to say Aaron Click didn't become the expert angler that he is by fishing once a year. Uh, and as a matter of fact, according he to his He literally Facebook, does it every day. <laughs> so every I start day. Saying, yeah, he, he, he probably doesn't miss a day that he doesn't go. Man,
0: if he ever. could put that into being yeah. a fisher of man.
1: I mean. hey, amen. And hey, he probably <laughs> does. No one Well,
2: heard. and listen. Disclaimer but like, there, <laughs> and, and, and not to derail your... But when you watch a true fisherman like Aaron, I, I can't fish. I'm not very good at it. I do enjoy it. But they will say there's a fish right there. And I've seen men throw it. Pow! They got yeah. it that
1: I, easy. I've been with a guy like that, too. Yeah, and it becomes yeah.
2: second nature, you know. Yeah.
1: He'll, he'll say, that you're going to get a hit here. You're going to so get practice. a hit here. So practice. Yeah. Perseverance.
0: Yeah. Practice. Keep Know going. your environment. Yep. Uh, know the, your environment, yeah.
1: The more you fish, the more you catch. What message and technique would attract them? There's different mm-hmm. uh, presentations that fishermen do with a different lure or a different setup or a different rig. They, they try different things. Um, shouldn't be stuck with just one. Um, if you only have one lure, you're probably only catch one kind of fish and one t- and one particular type of condition. Um, so,
2: And that's where we've got to be careful, where some people, just like we talked about, Pastor Ben, when Jesus turned water into wine, a lot of faiths and a lot of people in the world will use that scripture just to be alcoholics, to be <laughs> truthful. But so changing your lures, when Paul said, be all things to all people, he wasn't mean and go sit down at the bar and put down a couple shots and try to win that guy to Jesus. Yeah. But don't be afraid to put yourself in positions with people that are different from yourself. And uh, so. Amen. Amen.
0: And again, I think That's our it. church is doing a really good job with our ministries. But here I'm I'm wanting to focus on what are we doing individually to be a fisher? I think our church is really get, getting a lot of um, great results from some of our ministries, and some of them are mm-hmm. growing. Yeah. And, um, and we, I think all, you know, like Ben said, if you have a vision and an inspiration yeah. to, to do a ministry, I mean, do your ministry, but I mean, what are you doing on the day in day out, uh, to be a fisher of man?
1: Yeah. Instant obedience to mm-hmm. God's word. And I, I have to confess, I am not, I'm the, let's get a committee and think about it. When I feel like God has prompted me to do something in both were presen- presenting the gospel to somebody who I felt uncomfortable about sharing the gospel with, I've just learned to embrace that phrase, awkward is awesome. Just just yeah. r- roll in it. Um, one, I knew that I was supposed to share the gospel with this lady that I was working with, and I, it was probably three months before I actually approached her. And she actually made a profession of faith right there. The other one is still working on it. I don't; The jury's still out on them. I presented the gospel to them in the best way that I could, that they could understand. And that one's still out. I am just was faithful to presenting the gospel to him, and the rest is up to the Holy Spirit and the Lord. And I keep praying that God will. He, he's I've shared the story. He's got a very thick accent, and he's hard to understand. I'm sure he had a hard time understanding me. I just keep praying that God will reveal to him in a dream, give him a dream about what the gospel is uh, and what I'm trying to say to him so it would make it clear to him.
2: One of mine is trying to maintain my witness, being in season, Even when you're out of season, being in season all the time. And I can tell when my witness is fading, when I'm at work and guys start cracking the terrible jokes or looking at the pornography on their phones when I'm sitting right here. And that ain't me boasting myself, but there's sometimes like when me and Steve are on a roll, you know, I'll follow him around and he'll be talking and stuff. And those guys, they'll see us and they're, you know, they'll kind of, and it makes them uncomfortable. That's power in the (laughs) name of Jesus. So trying to maintain my witness, keep it at, 100% Hundred percent, full capacity all the time. That sin is uncomfortable to be around you.
0: Um, so I didn't come up with this on my own, but I can remember when my dad would take me fishing. It was always like, sit still, quit moving, quit you know, quit splashing in the water. Just kind of be still, be quiet. You don't want to scare the fish. Um, and I heard someone say that if you um, if you're still and quiet and, and you're you're not being seen, if you're um, like the way a, a hunter, you, they're not in the field waving their arms and, and being loud. They're kind of staying, they're staying hidden. And I'm not saying uh, hide from people. What I'm saying is hide behind Jesus. Let, let it's Jesus. not about you. It's, it's, not, it's not about, about you. you. Right. And then just having courage. Um, I've been out in a small boat in a big ocean one time once, and it was a bit terrifying. And um, fishermen are courageous. They are courageous even in this large... Uh, Well, the Sea of Galilee, actually, just a really, really big lake. Um, But storms still came. The people, they still had shipwrecks. Things still happened, but they had the courage to get out there and continue to fish. I think part of it is just having courage.
2: Well, and have fun with it. Um, I remember when we still had the truth in the outdoors in St. Clair. It would bring out just all sorts of people, and I am a little guy. I usually I'm losing my hair, but it's usually spiked. You know, that. All that. But it's like I'm not a big biker dude with tattoos and stuff. And I would take these tracks, and I would walk up to the biggest biker guys, like the meatest looking dudes, and I'd be like, "Hey, here's something you don't want to read," and they just look at me and be like, "What is this guy?" And they grab it, and they they kind of chuckle, but you have fun with it, you know. It's the like guys uh, that fish
1: all the time enjoy it.
2: Well, and that's the thing, and, and don't assume certain people won't enjoy the gospel. I always struggled with that, you know. If it was a 90-year-old woman, I would think, oh, well, I can talk to her about Jesus, you know, but this guy here, I can't. And I, I'll tell you what, the the negative comments that we got about the Easter Walk, they were all women over 75. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I went through every one of them, and I'm like, you know, so what is it, you know? It's like, it, you know, so it's it, don't assume that they
1: don't want to hear the gospel. Yes, I'm only a cr- Christian in a controlled climate.
0: <laughs> right. Huh? Oh, funny. Um, I, I think my, the key to being a good soul winner, and you guys all said it in one way or the other, is definitely obedience. Um, I actually thought, I, as I'm looking at this Bible commentary that, again, I t- took from my dad's, and it made me think of it tonight, That I've not always been obedient. And I can remember picking up this book out of my dad's library at, like, 18, and literally using it to paint my fingernails on. That was the only time I touched. And I remember looking at it like, Bible commentary? <laughs> Lame. My dad, oh, my gosh. You know, that is how my 18-year-old mind thought. Never did I think, oh, 20 years later, I'm going to be combing through this. <laughs> right. uh, and I can Warren Wearsby, I remember in college, I've told the story. He came to preach uh, to our college ministry. It was like a megachurch in Lincoln, Nebraska and uh they're like, Who's this old dude? And I go, wait a minute, Warren Wearsby. Warren that and I was like, Oh, the <laughs> book I used to paint my fingernails <laughs> at dad's. I go, This guy is a big deal. <laughs> but obedience. Yeah. Obedience, obedience, and maybe and I'm not who I was twenty years ago, but I'm not now who I'll be twenty years from now either as a soul winner. And I think it's being obedient, like you said, every day um, di- diving in, um, if and it's okay
3: to enjoy it. Thomas it okay yeah. it's okay to enjoy it.
2: And and it takes time. Our God's time is not our time. He says, "I am from above; you are from below. My ways are not your ways." And just like that story, those people were faithful for thirty years. Mm-hmm. They they maybe gave up, but they still stayed there, you know. And just like that, God knew, in twenty years, yeah. you'd be
0: coming through that. Well, it's like Amen. a fisherman; I didn't catch a fish and today. And how else but I'm would you remember
1: tomorrow? it except for the
0: And
2: and that's when we reach out to somebody, you know, it might, God might, it might not be their time. You did plant that seed, but hopefully through the Holy spirit, you know, you might get to see that, but the Bible does say we will be able to see that ripple effect when we come to heaven. That's what I'm excited about that people I don't even realize I talk to just, I just hope they walk up. Hey, you remember in 2018, we were at the gas station and you know, that's when I came to the Lord after that, you know, so just don't give up if you don't see results right away. Obviously,
1: somebody had talked to the woman that I shared the gospel with before, because the, the, her eyes got big as saucers when I asked her if she knew what, who Jesus was, and she, it was like somebody had already talked to her, and she was like, oh my gosh, here it is, and she was just waiting, I guess, to hear from one other person that,
2: yeah, and, and Brother Todd, he's done it before, um, one of the Woodcock sisters, I can't think of her name, Sarah, yeah, when he, we just, we assume everybody we're with is saved, you know, and he just asked her, and she's like, no. I'm like, wow, you know, I was yeah. working with little Genoa. Little Genoa reaches out to hitchhikers and asks them if they know Jesus, you know. Amen. Well, we were, working, go, we were working the Easter walk, and I said, "You know, you're saved, aren't you? He's like, no. I said, really? You know, and we went through all the tenants. He knows it. And I said, well, why not? He said, I'm just not ready. I'm like, well, praise the uh, Lord. But I would that. have assumed... He yep. was saved. Don't be afraid to ask somebody if they're saved. That Amen. awkward is awesome Amen. because that could be what breaks the ice. And once the ice is broken, you're in. You're, yep. you're or submerged.
0: Or no, but I need something. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are really are hurting. It's, they it's really simple. are.
2: You know, one of the tricks I've used, too, is I'll just say, what church you go to? You know, that just it's blows people's door. minds. Yep. It's probably easier nowadays to say, are you saved? Because at least it'll start a conversation.
1: Yep. Can, right. can I put one twist yeah, on this yeah, before we close with this topic? It's. a uh, my, my twisted mind went right. We talked about back and forth on our text how being fishers of men is a lot like fishing and, and soul winning is a lot like fishing. My mind went right to the opposite. But there are some things that it's opposite of, too. There's, there's some things about winning men that's not like, uh, fishing for men is not like fishing for fish. And one is the bait or the lure, so it, when you're fishing for fish, you use something plastic or false or something that looks like something really good. And then when you're winning men and women, you're talking about something that is really good and is really satisfying and is really um, fulfilling. It is worth lunging for, for reaching for, and grabbing for. So you're, you're using the truth versus something deceptive. And, of course, you know, the, the, you, you, the old... Uh, Counterfeit uh, story. The people don't. Bill, like, people don't counterfeit yeah. things that aren't worth anything. Right. So you've got the deception that's a part of uh, people that have been deceived makes them reluctant to accept the truth. Makes them reluctant. You have to be know that about the fish. If, if the the person they've been hooked a few times before and it was a very unpleasant, painful experience for them, so they're reluctant to to bite on anything else to believe in. Uh, the purpose of a of the purpose for. Uh, fishing for people is abundant life for the fish, not pred- predation on them. It's, it's providing them life, not death. And when we catch fish, we make them dead. When we catch people, we make them alive. Jesus makes them alive. So uh, we catch fish and make them dead. He wants us to catch, fi- catch dead fish and so he can make them alive. There's a little difference And, and
2: you're multiplying your fishermen. You're not just Amen. catching that. You you're know, making you're, a fish a fisherman. You're putting point. another boat in the lake. To catch more people. Amen. Which is the Great Commission. Yeah.
1: And uh, people fishing, it's about liberation, not incarceration. So when you're catching fish, you're catching them to to hook them and put them on the stringer or in a basket. And in the gospel, you're talking about liberating somebody from a a basket that they're already in or or a um, chain, chain or something that took through them a fishing line. And the capture of fish is done against the will of the fish. The capture of men is done by a voluntary submission to the gospel. So it's just a, re- a reverse in some respects of uh, being a fisherman. But the principles of being a fisherman are the same. It's the actual person that goes through being caught. It's exact opposite.
0: <clears throat> All right. So we'll stop there. We only have just a few minutes left. Um, Do you and I would you rather... That's, I know. That's so Ben's. I got We're going to have to change that. <laughs> but Ben did text in, and I'm just saying, and so I'll read that. And, you know, guys, uh, I, let me just say, I saw Ben at the hospital this morning uh, sometime around 10 visiting someone from our church. And then he said, well, I got to go. I need to go preach a funeral. So he made it to the hospital, did a visit, went to a funeral. Uh, and had to do that. And then God bless him. He drove to St. Genevieve to be with um, a member of our church. Her mother, his mother is passing away. Um, And so he went all the way there. Pray for Ben. Oh my goodness. That is a lot of territory and a lot of stress. Um, But he just texted in. Uh, This is from Ben. I'm just saying, reassuring a precious saint that heaven is her future home and hearing her say the verse in Psalms 23 Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so here he went to visit this passing woman, and she quoted that scripture, and he said, uh, what a beautiful thing that someone's, um, and that's why we're here, we're doing what we're doing, why we're trying to reach other people. Uh, She's not afraid to die, she knows she's going to heaven, that is a blessing, so...
2: And, and as Ben has said, it's been a recurring theme. Our faith should be the proof that God exists. Look at this woman. We're all dying. You know, and there has to be something there. Otherwise, we'd be screaming into the night. Every night, I'm dying. I'm dying right now. But this lady is about to meet our Lord, and she is excited.
0: Yep. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We could pretty well stop there, but we have nine more minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you
2: said a couple. I
0: know. So uh, last week, we talked about the year of Jubilee. And sometime this week, it made me think, in the song, The Days of Elijah, which I'm always excited for us to sing, every time I've sung that song, Behold, He Comes, right? And, you know, it's the day, the year of Jubilee. And we finally, I finally studying last week for our discussion, found out what the year of Jubilee meant. And I was like, oh, well, now that song makes sense. But there are parts of the song, Days of Elijah, which I don't understand. And am I the only one that <laughs> there will be old hymns like, I raised my Ebenezer, and I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means, and I've never It's
1: worth up. looking at. It's up. worth
0: looking into. Um, and so we were going to look at the Days of Elijah. We sing this song all the time. And I kept thinking, there's no way I'm the only one sitting in the crowd that has thought, what does that mean? What does that part of that song mean? So, um, can you go back to the very first verse of the song, Brad? Okay, so these are the days of Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. Thoughts, Gavin?
1: So in the days of Elijah, he was a prophet that came to Israel in a time when they had wandered away from the Lord. And his preaching and his uh, challenge to the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel reset Israel for the listening to the word of the Lord, and you see very, you don't, you don't see the Bible doesn't say that, but you see people clinging to God's promises again after him being on Mount Carmel, the example of, of the guy that owned the vineyard, and Ahab wanted his vineyard, and the guy said, no, this is my, this is my inheritance from the Lord, you can't have it, so Abab then went about trying to kill him, basically put together a scheme to kill him, and take his, his vineyard anyway, so that guy was willing to die for God's promises. So you see that happening in, in, the, book, in the book of Kings. Um, so in the, in the word of the Lord, when it came by Elijah, Israel started to revive, started to claim God's promises. Well,
2: there's no greater smackdown than at the Mount Carmel. You know, when he, what was it, 110 prophets <laughs> of Baal? And he says, you bring your God and I'll bring my God. And
1: he called yeah. fire from heaven. And he heaven. kept trash talking him too. He's yeah. Like, well, he, maybe he went out to the restroom. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe you need to cry cry out more. So he just kept right on. Is that
0: where the WWE got it? <laughs> he put on the glasses yeah. and pulled out the microphone like yeah, this. Yeah, got out the table and Yeah, But,
2: yeah, so, do, you know, these are the days Elijah declaring the word of the Lord. I just picture that moment as just how, how did he feel? He knew what he was about to do. And it's, it's sad for the people that wouldn't. Believe him, yeah. yeah. but yeah, what a display the, of that! A
0: DVD for to Yeah,
1: when he, when the king sent for him to, to go and get Elijah and bring him, so he sent fifty men, fifty ar- men of the army, and Elijah says, "If I be," a m-, he, they called to him, "Man of God, come down here. We're going to take you to the king." He said, "If I be a man of God, then may fire come from heaven to consume you all." Boom! They're all fifty, they're all men, going, 50 men down. <laughs> they two more times. Finally, the last guy says, "Please have some value on my life. Please come with me." So then he says, "Okay, I'll come with you," but the other two. Didn't learn, <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I'm glad you're God.
2: doing this because yeah, when when we read that now, we sing that these are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. I'm That's gonna picture that fire, yes, yes. Amen. He's He's like. yeah.
0: and then these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored, which we know what Moses did. Um, most of us, um, if we've even watched the Ten Commandments with our parents at some time or the other, we know um, about Moses. Um, so, righteousness being restored. Why do you think of all the things you could say about Moses, did they choose righteousness being restored? Well, Gavin? the Ten
1: Commandments were delivered by Moses. The law was delivered by him. Um, and, and he certainly, even when they strayed with a golden calf, he disciplined them and brought them back to righteousness, restoring r- righteousness. So, And all of Israel looked back to Moses as their, their founding father, uh, the father of their country, if you will. The reset a, button.
0: Yeah. which Jesus is still willing to do for us hit the reset right. button yep. yeah. alright so the next lines, um, and these are the days of great trials of famine and darkness and sword still we are the voice in the desert crying prepare ye the way of the Lord
1: hopefully we are
0: so who is that prepare ye the way of the Lord John the Baptist yes alright and so then to the chorus where it says I think that's next Behold, he comes riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. Who are they talking about it's there? his return. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. And I always uh, can think of my dad saying, I can't wait to hear the trumpet call. Uh, and when I was younger, I was like, oh, that sounds scary. I don't want <laughs> I have so much I want to do. And now the older I get, I'm like, let's hear those trumpets anytime. Well, let's just bring I it on. <laughs> I have
2: shared this numerous times. I think uh, I've always felt God's hand on me, but I think part of it was I found an old good news Bible in my mom's closet. I don't know what it was, but from my earliest memories, I always turned to Revelations, and I bet I read Revelations 30 times as a preteen, and it scared the death out of me. You know, the trumpets and the blood moon Amen. and all that. But well, all right. it
1: just occurred to me that this is a celebration of His return. Right. This is the, so hmm. never, never put it together. Riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. So the last trumpet. Lift call. your
0: voice. It's the year of Jubilee, Jubilee, right? Is the next, and so what we talked about last week was the year of Jubilee was um, a year once every fifty a years reset. where the ultimate hit the reset button, where your everything was forgiven.
1: If you were a slave, you were set free. Mm-hmm. If you had a debt, it was re- it was released. Um, isn't that also when the? Um, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm feeling whether it's the fallow you lea- you leave a field fallow. Um, like You got your
0: land back, wasn't it, too? Yeah, if
1: you had land purchased back,
2: land, it went back to the original, original owner. owner.
1: So there was al- you always had an inheritance in Israel if you were a child of, of Israel. Yep. Reset. And, yeah. And Do so they still? Isn't that what's going to happen at the return of Christ? I mean, yeah. everything's going to be everybody, reset.
0: everything will be. The it's the year reset. of jubilee. Yep. Amen. Yep. Amen. And out of Zion's hills, salvation comes. So what does out of Zion's hills mean? I'm asking. So, I, yeah. I don't um,
1: know. Yeah, I, I'm sure it has to do with We the can punt that to Ben next week since she stood right. us up. Yeah.
0: This could have been the topic that made him not want to come tonight.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or so to find
1: another but No, he had something very important to attend, so. Yeah. All
0: right. And so these are the days of Ezekiel, the dry bones becoming his flesh. So describe that for us.
1: So, um, I didn't re-read the but Ezekiel went and preached to the dry, the bones, dry bones and they 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 um re Incarnated is that the right word? Um, An and then army, they fought a Bible, yeah, or fought a battle. So they fought a battle for. So for they Israel. went
0: from being skeleton. Like talk about zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if you were going to fight this battle and you saw that happen? You'd be like, you know what? Uh, Ezekiel, I'm going to go ahead and just turn the other direction. Chapter 32,
1: if you want to read the account.
0: And then Amen. this is the one that it does concern me because these are the days of your servant David rebuilding a temple of praise. I always thought his son Solomon rebuilt the temple, but did David start it? Is that what? Or no. is he talking he put about the supplies? Knows? Solomon built it. Yeah,
1: right. David put the supplies aside. But gotcha.
2: are they talking about the rebuilding of the temple of the coming of Christ? Because the return, the rebuilding of the temple, ushers in the Antichrist, which brings Christ in the last days.
0: Or could it be? Your servant David rebuilding the temple of praise, and Jesus came from the line of David. I don't know. I've always that's why I said there's so many things in this song that I've been like yep. hmm, scratching
1: you my head. I have to ask the author of the song about that
3: one.
0: It's a question. Anybody know? Any Brad, as your wife, the song leader in the church, will maybe have her do a stand-in next Put week and Put her on the spot. It. Yeah,
3: we'll have
2: her sing it and then. <laughs> 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 yes,
0: yeah, she has to sing it first. It's like is one of my favorite songs. All right. Well, we're out of time tonight. Um, so next week we'll have three new topics, and we'll continue the life of Jesus. And uh, pray for Ben if, if, um, if that's not part of your normal activities and for Brad. And um, they do so much for our church, so many things that we don't see behind the scenes today. I just happen Amen. to witness it. And uh, Amen. Um, thank you all for being faithful to coming to Wednesday Night Bible Study. All
1: right. Thanks, everybody.